0: All right, so today's job number's pretty good, fairly encouraging. Again, nearly a million jobs, 950,000-odd jobs added in the month of June right across the country. And while that's good news and encouraging news, unfortunately, there's also been plenty of bankruptcies, business closures over the last few months because of the pandemic, David's Tea being just one of the latest examples. And this really does have the potential to alter the landscape of our downtown. Tony Chapman, he, of course, is the host of the podcast Chatter That Matters. He joins us now to discuss this further here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tony, good afternoon.
1: Jeff, looks like we're going to have a great weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll be out shopping those local retailers.
0: Oh, as long as they got some air conditioning, because it is a scorcher. This uh, weekend has been really uh, all month, and uh, maybe here's to hoping the deals are as hot as the weather. But uh, let's talk about some of these uh, store closures that uh, we have seen. Can we blame all of this, do you think, uh, on the pandemic? Or do you think for maybe some of these businesses, some of these retailers, maybe the seeds were sown earlier on?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, COVID's just accelerated their demise, but the consumer has been on the move for quite some time. You know, shopping used to be about treasure hunts and socialization and meandering or even just going to get something you need. Today, it's been redefined by choice and convenience and, and apps that put the world within arm's reach of desire. So, a lot of where I used to go out and get stuff, I now just order it. That was the first thing. Second thing is, even before COVID, we were moving more to an experience economy, the Instagram moments. Less interested in the stuff. We lived in smaller places. We streamed stuff. We didn't buy records anymore. Uh, and so experiences started taking away from retail. That was the, the uh, second one. And the third one was just the that we're not willing to pay a premium for what it costs to put on good retail, which is great store windows and customer service and music and lights and mannequins that are dressed up because we – Price is becoming very much part of our consideration set. So all of those things have already pushed a lot of weak retailers uh, to the point of collapse, and all COVID's done is just accelerate it.
0: Okay, do you think that's a fundamental change that is here to stay? Because it's funny when you just mentioned uh, record stores. Boy, do I ever miss going up Young Street. Sam the Record Man, a Records, and just combing through the racks. And I know I sound like I'm a million years old uh, talking about that. Uh, but there was something about that. And do you think that the consumer really doesn't want a quote-unquote experience anymore? They just want to be on their laptop or on a keyboard on their phone?
1: Well, it's an interesting question. So, I mean, even the younger generation would go to EB Games and look for, the, you know, the, the, the used uh, games that they could get for a bargain or the latest, uh, you know, Code Red they can bring home. The problem is when you start taking away 2% and 5 and 10 and 15 and 20% of the business away from traditional retail, the economics no longer work. So it's not that you don't want to go into a store and, and, and discover something. It's, the reality is those stores can no longer put that their best face forward because they've just lost so much business. Price has become the primary tiebreaker. They're competing with the Amazons of the world. So, you know, it's, it's a tough place for traditional retail to be. And I'll tell you something, we will miss it because it is the flair and energy of our main streets and our main streets are what defines the value of our property. So we've got to really rethink what are we going to put into those stores, this race to empty space that we're all experiencing as we drive up and down our main streets? We have to really reimagine how to bring energy back if it's not going to be conventional retail.
0: Okay. Well, how are we going to, and how do we do that? Because with store closures and bankruptcies, what they're doing to downtowns, not only in Toronto, but really right across the country, I mean, there's nothing sadder than walking down a main street, being in a downtown. And there's no vibrancy. You know, nothing is vibrant. There's no hustle. There's no bustle. It's nothing but boarded-up storefronts. So what do we do with uh, some of that real estate and some of that land to make sure that that vibrancy stays there?
1: Well, uh, sadly for landlords, they're going to take a real haircut in their rent because they used to charge a premium because of the traffic. So unless that, that Main Street's got the traffic, which is people going, the impulse shopping, the so first couple things they said is why couldn't some of those storefronts become working living places? You know, they have this whole Shopify community, Etsy community, which are people that are creating crafts and selling. And why can't they have a place where you can go along and visit five or six different what lofts, and the front of them are really a storefront for the crafts, and inside they create and live. That was one idea. I thought of. Another one is there's a lot of these direct-to-the-consumer products now. I mean, you see it with Hello Fresh or uh, Daily Harvest or, or uh, Dollar Day Shave Clubs. There's a lot of places trying to build, give me your credit card, Jeff, and I'll send you my product every month. Maybe we can have a storefront where people can actually go and taste the Hello Fresh meal or experience uh, the latest serum that they're trying to sell you. But the other one I really thought was quite interesting was, You know, uh, content creation, I mean, you're in the content business, but you know now there's more original programming going up on YouTube in a year than was created by CBS, NBC, and ABC in its entire history. So, nice. the average, so why can't YouTube create these content studios in some of these empty stores where you can go in, you can get a microphone, you can get video cameras, we can learn editing, maybe it can even be a, a partnership with a Ryerson so that, you know, the energy's there, there's things happening, there's lights going off. Uh, You know, so there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, you know, I could go on and on. I mean, I just, you know, Shopify stores, uh, you, you could be part of it. And even as seen on Instagram, we're buying so much stuff with it as we're going through our Instagram feed and click to buy. Maybe instead of that old, I seen on TV that we grew up with, maybe it's a scene on the internet, and there's stores that can physically hold some of the, you know, that cool wedge that you think you, you might buy off the internet, you can actually go and touch it. So I think we just got to rethink that it's not going to be necessarily the toy store we grew up with, it's not necessarily going to be the bookstore that we love, but we still can create these magnets that draw people out of their homes, off their laptops, Bring them back to Main Street, and when, when that traffic is there, that means the restaurants will stay there. And if the restaurants are there, that means more retail will come in. And maybe those landlords, that instead of taking a complete haircut, can, uh, can rethink, uh, rethink what they can do to make sure that we still have a place for, uh, for humans, which are social creatures, to socialize.
0: All right. Do you think those humans, those social creatures are still going to be there? I mean, there's a famous movie line from Field of Dreams, right? Build it and they will come. But do you think that the downtowns, whether it be Toronto or elsewhere, are they maybe fundamentally going to change with so many other things thanks to the pandemic? I mean... You talk about uh, we're all working from home now. That's been accelerated because of uh, COVID. You know, some of these businesses are shifting and moving out of malls. That's been accelerated and on, on to online because we're shopping from home and online more than ever. Do you think that people will still be there and gather downtown, or is that fundamentally changing too, perhaps?
1: Well, you just had a big idea, which I didn't think about. When people are working from home, maybe Main Street can become their meeting place when they want to get out of their home and meet up with somebody or just go for a stretch. Or maybe we, so. That's an opportunity, but I think the big downtown corridors and the big dense cities—the cities that we are all based on density—I I mean, project yourself 15 or 20 years from now, even five years, five months from now. Do you want to get in an elevator? You're going to have to have an appointment. To what time do you arrive? At the uh, Scotia Tower to take your uh, elevator up. Uh, how about lunch? You want to go to have lunch and stretch your legs? Well, you've got to book an elevator. So, I mean, th- everything that the city stood for in terms of de- density and energy and, and crowded and all the magic, unless we find a vaccine, uh, I think that's going to be threatened as well. And a lot of people already are going, why do I, if I'm working remote, do I really need to live in an 800-square-foot condo when I can sell it and maybe get a 1,500-square-foot bungalow uh, north of Toronto? So it's all up for grabs. But locally, focus first and foremost, what can we do to save our, our local Main Streets? Because I think that's how we've got to build our community out, first and foremost.
0: All right. Tony Chapman, host of the podcast Chatter That Matters. Tony, thanks for the time, as always. Have a great weekend, Fred.
1: You too. As well, thanks, Jeff.